I remember as a, as a young boy, this is absolutely genuine, and those who are old enough, just give me a wave if you can remember the Wombles. I was petrified of the Wombles. There were these crazy animals that came out, and I used to see them on the telly, and I'd be screaming in front of the television. Ah! My mum wondering, running in, what's happening with him? And it was the Wombles are on TV. That's why I have a dislike to Sammy Squirrel and, you know, Freddie the Fox. Men in outfits, dressed up. Just fears. That we can have crazy fears. I'd love to tell you that those fears have gone away, but I thought the older I got, the the more uh, courageous I would become. But there's a certain fear that I used to have. And when I started... Uh, you know, just being involved in, 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 in like preaching and just being uh, seen on, on, on stages and stuff. Um, there used to be a fear that, that passed me, uh, that, that got a hold of me. And that was that I was going to stand up one day in front of everybody and my flies were going to be open. <laughs> and so you'll often see me, as I stand there, I'll do this. I just check to make sure. But a few years ago, Lynn's got her head down, and my mom, because I don't know whether you can remember, but I preached a whole message about three years ago with my flies down. It's absolutely true. And so there's all kinds of fears that can get a hold of us, and they really can. Now, I just was uh, looking at this whole subject, and it's quite interesting, because the Bible has a lot to say about fear. In particularly defeating fear over our lives. We all have fears. Well, many of us have fears. And some of those fears develop into phobias. And we're going to just develop and look at some of these things this morning. It is interesting that as a baby, as children are born, and there's a number of babies, and we, we love the fact that there are babies and children around the life of the church, but particularly those newborn babies. Uh, We're told that actually babies are only born with two fears. A fear of falling and a fear of loud noises. They're the only two fears that children are actually born with. So that tells me that everything else is learned. All the other fears that we face in our lives, they're learned through experience and through behavior and through things that we have seen. I just saw this in a book and I thought it would be quite interesting uh, for us this morning just to give us, you know, a start. But psychologists have given names to almost every fear or phobia under the sun. For example, if you have a fear of crowds, then you are oclophobia. You have oclophobia. If you have a fear of darkness, you have nyctophobia. If you have a fear of being looked at by other, period, uh, other pe- people, you have scopophobia. If you have a fear of failure, cacaoraha-phobia. <laughs> if you have a fear of loneliness, monophobia. Marriage, gamophobia. Poverty, penophobia. Responsibility, hypengeophobia, ridicule, cat e jellophobia, school, schoolphobia, God, theophobia, death, thanatophobia, 
and hell, Hades. Phobia. These are absolutely true. I have not made them up. I promise you. I think I deserve a round of applause for trying to pronounce those. The fact is, whether this is your list, there are many people who have phobias of all kinds of things. Somebody once said, sorry, fears and phobias. Somebody once said, fear is the dark room where Satan develops your negatives. Fear is the dark room where Satan develops your negatives. I don't know whether any of those phobias are things that you would have associated with. And one thing I've really appreciated about this series is the many comments that people have made because people have come in and they've been around church for some time. Or those who have been on a real good journey and you're doing good, but you've been saying to Phil and I, this series is digging particularly deep in some areas because we've been addressing the, the defeating, the blues, moodiness, depression uh, that it can be over our lives. We, 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 we've been addressing the whole issue of defeating the greens, which is envy and jealousy. We're defeating the Reds, which is anger. And we're looking at defeating fears over our lives. So please don't sit there thinking, well, I came for something really nice. I actually think there's much that Jesus and the Bible has to say with regards to fears. Because if we will not, if we cannot overcome our fears, we will be forever staying where we are. We'll almost be at the point where we will be bound and shackled. Are you hearing me this morning? And so whatever your fears, whatever your phobias are, I want to speak to them today. It may be that you have a fear of closed spaces. It may be you have a fear of open spaces. It may be you have a fear of flying. I was talking to someone only recently and there was, you know, a really smart guy and he just says, I cannot fly. I've just been through all the courses. I just cannot fly. People have fears of spiders. Anybody like spiders here today? Anybody hate spiders here? People have fear of snakes. You've already heard about all my snake stories. And uh, I don't particularly like the things at all. And there are fears and phobias that we can all associate with. But psychologists headline the most common fears into four categories. Four categories. I just want to mention them and then we're going to try and just unpack some of these these things this morning. Because I do want to speak to every one of you. And I don't want you just thinking, well, this isn't for me. Because I actually think this message is for everybody here today. And let's pack them into four categories. First of all, loss. Number two, failure. Number three, rejection. Number four, the unknown. Let me just address them each as we go along, shall we? Because people have a fear of loss. What do I mean by loss? Well, a loss, a death of a a spouse. The death of a child. There are some people who are incredibly frightened about losing their business, or losing their house, or losing their wealth. People are frightened of loss. It may be that people are frightened of losing the title or the prestige that comes with the title. And many people are in their loss. They're worrying about the fear of losing control. 
Losing control. Because actually when you lose control, you have no control over everything and you can't make things happen. And some, some people fear the loss of control. I actually think that that's why some people fear the whole issue of giving themselves to a loving God. Because you understand that you lose all your rights and you lose all your control because you're surrendering everything to God. But I want to say that God for me is just amazing because when I surrendered and really did surrender everything to God, I realized I had nothing to fear because all God wants to do is give to my life, not take from it. So people have a fear of, uh, of loss. Secondly, people have a fear of failure. You might be here this morning and you're feeling incredibly inadequate. I want to tell there's been many times I've felt utterly inadequate. There's many meetings that I go to, I have to take a big gulp. I've said to you before, you may think that I look supremely confident. There are many meetings, many people that I meet, I have to take a gulp. I feel inadequate at times, meeting with different people. And it could be a fear that is over our lives because of failure. People are frightened that they're going to lose the marriage so they don't get married because they don't want to go through the whole divorce. They're frightened of actually having children because they've seen what's happened to some children, so they're determined not to have children. And it's all rooted in a fear of failure. It may be you're here today and you've stayed in the same job because you're frightened of the failure that could come if you go and pursue another job. It's a fear of failure. For those who have just taken GCSEs and A-levels, and those who have been through the whole thing of degrees, there are some people who get incredibly frightened on the whole exam degree front. What are you really frightened of? You're just frightened of failing. So let's look at the third one, shall we? Because these are what psychologists say are the most common fears common to every man, and it's the fear of rejection. So people withdraw and retreat because they are frightened of being rejected in a friendship. So they would rather stay alone than expose themselves to be hurt and rejected. I actually believe that that kind of fear is just utterly demoralizing. There are some people who are frightened of the rejection in a loving marriage. So there are some people who make the decision, I will not marry because I don't want to put myself in the place where I could be rejected and hurt. It is a fear, a fear of rejection. The issue around rejection with regards to people is this, and I don't know whether you've ever been like this, but you enter a room that you don't know about, and immediately, even if we're blokes, we just check out how we're looking, we just want to make sure we're right, because what we're actually bothered about is, do you like me? Do you like me? Am I going to be acceptable? Josh is shaking his head at me, Josh Amos, and he's going like this, at me. I'll get you after, mate. People have been in relationships, loving relationships with their spouse. And there are people here today who've had this, where the spouses have cheated on them. And so you feel utterly rejected. And the last thing is the fear of the unknown. You know, the future. People don't do things because they're frightened what happens in the future. So they make a decision actually to stay where they are, even though they're not happy where they are, because they feel that this is better than entering into the future that they're frightened of. Am I talking to anybody here today? 
So you actually stay in an abusive relationship. You stay in that with that boss who doesn't treat you very well. You stay in that position where you're only earning £6 an hour, but you know you're worth £10 an hour, but you stay where you are because you're frightened of the future. And God wants to say for you not to live there. He wants you to find a future in him. There are some people who are frightened of the future and the unknown. And with regards, and there's many singles here in your 20s and you, 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 you just want to find that lifelong partner. But because of past hurts, you just retreat. I want to encourage you today, by God's grace, to trust God for your future and for the unknown in Jesus' name. So there are fears that we can all associate with. I wonder if we'd be bold enough, if I could be bold enough today to say, if one of those areas is you or two or three or four, but if one of them, I wonder if you just raise your hands here today, if you've ever felt any of those things. So I know I'm talking to people. I'm, I'm responding this morning. There are those fears that could come to our lives. Now let me be clear, because I'm not talking about a tinge of fear, but I'm talking about a raging, overwhelming fear. I wonder if you're turning your Bibles to Isaiah 40, verse 10, because that sets us up beautifully to see what the Bible has to say with regards to fear. I was trying to look at it even late last night because I hadn't checked this bit of information out. But somebody once said to me there were 365 occasions where the Bible says do not fear or do not be afraid. And it was, they basically said to me, and I couldn't verify this, but they said to me that it is one for every day of the year. I could only find 144 occasions actually, but I think it may be the version that I was actually using. But I want to tell you, whether it's 365 or whether it's 144 times, there are many occasions where the Bible says, where God says to people like you and me, do not be afraid. Do not fear. This isn't me saying it, this is God. The God of heaven saying to you, do not fear. And we have one occasion here in Isaiah and chapter 41 and verse 10. As you find your way there, I want to say that God is speaking to a people in exile. This is the context. They've had a checkered past, this people. There have been many failures, many ups, many downs. Too too numerous letdowns. They'd had, they've endured disappointment and defeat. They'd lived in disobedience and obedience, but mainly disobedience. And God speaks to this kind of people. So if you feel like you're full of mistakes, full of fears, full of phobias, full of ups, full of downs, full of disappointments, then God speaks to you today. In Isaiah 41, it says this, God speaking, not me, God speaking. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. I want everybody to say together, do not fear. After three, one, two, three. I want you to turn to the person next to you or behind you and say to them, do not fear. Do it two or three times. Do not fear fear. Do 
not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Listen to me. Do not fear. It's the word of God to us today. It's living and breathing and active, this word. There's anointing upon this word because it's the words of God. Do not fear. Why do we not to fear? Well, if I was really going to preach this and I want to just move on a little bit, because God says, I am with you. Do not fear for I am with you. What else does he say? I am your God. That's why you don't need to fear. I am your God and I am with you. What confidence do we have with God? Then he goes on to say further, I will strengthen you. So it doesn't just say I am. He says then, I will strengthen and help you. And then he says, and I will uphold you and I will help you This is the kind of message that God is wanting to speak to us. I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you. Do not fear. Do not fear. Now I heard a message many, many months ago. It may have been over a year ago. And it was revelation to me because this person was addressing the whole issue of worry and fear. And what they actually said was this. There was two questions. For those who've got a notepad and pen, these are really important questions that I want to ask you. And I want to use um, the, the material that I heard around this. Because this person said, what you fear reveals what you value the most. I'll say that again. What you fear reveals what you value the most. I don't fear about my wife and and I breaking up. I really don't. And that's not me being edgy or whatever. I just don't. I trust trust Caroline implicitly. And uh, I know she does the same with me. And that's a great place to be. But there are many people who fear the whole issue to do with spouse. And that tells me that what you're fearing is what you value the most. Tell you what I do fear about is my children. I've got one here. At times it doesn't grip me, but there are times it's waves that come over me. Are they going to be all right? Anybody else have these kind of fears? Grandkids, are they going to be all right? Are they going to be safe? Our Annie now, she's getting to that age where, yeah, she's getting to that age I don't need to say anymore, actually. Sorry, Annie, she always tells me off for embarrassing her. But she's getting to that age where she's wanting to do a lot more and go places and do things. And we... We constantly, you know, have to just let her go do. And, and one of the things that I say to her is, have you got money? Have you got credit on your phone? Don't go anywhere where you don't know. I'm not saying it's fear, but I'm just, because I value. Our Eleanor, she's just about to go to senior school. She's now intent on walking to school. That's a big deal. Even though it's only two minutes around the corner, it's a big deal. You see, what you fear... The most is what you value the most. There's some people who all the talk about and all the fear about is losing all the money. Whoa. Or kicking a glass over. See, what you fear reveals what you value the most. But here's the second question. You see, what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. 
What you fear reveals where you trust God the least. Let's flip it on its head now, you see. Because Christian, are you going to trust me with your children? Because they're actually my children. And I love them. They're my children. They may be yours. I'm letting you just take care of them. But they're my children. And I can take care of them. And it reveals our heart, doesn't it? Are you hearing me this morning? It reveals our heart and exposes us because there are areas in our lives where, frankly, we don't trust God. I wonder if Paul would just put a question up on the board. And I just want you to take a moment, everybody here today, is it possible, Paul, to just put the question on there? Because I want to ask you this this morning. I want you to fill in the gap at the end. On the back of those two questions, I'm not trusting God with... Can you remember blankety blank? For those who are old enough. Some of you youngsters are looking at me and saying, blankety what? I want you to fill out the, the, the gap. I just want you to take a moment to reflect on it. I'm not trusting God with. What are you not trusting God with? Is it that husband? Is it that wife? Is it that child? Is it that business? Is it that career? Is it that relationship? Is it that friendship? Is it that future? I'm not trusting God with. You see, God wants to bring us to a place where we are delivered from our fears and we are brought into faith. A confidence, a stand in God where you can say, I will not be afraid. I want to read something and just as we pretty much bring this to a close this morning because I just want to give you three things from another story that we're going to read. But Psalm 118 verse 6 is brilliant because it says this, David says, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. And God wants to bring each of us to a point where we trust God with and we are delivered from our fears and we are brought into faith, a confidence, a trust in God with this particular matter. Where we can say like David, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. Defeating the yellows, the fear. There is really no ABC, but there are some helpful hints that I believe that we can look at to defeat the fears that we've mentioned about this morning. So I want to talk to warriors, to the fearful, and to the scared this morning. And we're going to finish by just reading through Matthew and chapter 8. Let's use Jesus as an example. And let's use some men around Jesus' life who were very much like you and I. They were just normal, average, run-of-the-mill people. They really were. And we see a story here in Matthew in chapter 8 and verse 23, where it says there, Then he got into the boat, that is Jesus, and his disciples followed him. And without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus, what was he doing? He was fast asleep. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And he replied, as he was wiping the bed out of his eyes, that's me putting that bit in. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. 
And the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. You see, the issue here was there was a group of people who were afraid. You may say, well, Christian, they're legitimate in their fear. I understand. But did they not understand who was, who was on their boat with them? It was Jesus. Jesus was on the boat. But they pushed aside Jesus and they just lived in their fears. And there was all these wind and waves and it was bashing around. I don't know whether you've ever been in, 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 on a boat where it's been a bit choppy. We were talking yesterday, actually, of a time when we were, we were with Chris and Julie. The, I think we only had Annie and Eleanor. They were dead, dead small. And we went on this trip around Scarborough on this boat. It was real glamorous stuff. You know, other people were going on cruises and we were going around Scarborough. It was brilliant. And on this boat, down on deck, there was this guy, and honestly, he was seriously tanked up. And he thought he had a really good voice, and it was like the original pub singer. And he was doing all this, well, you can imagine it. And it was a bit choppy, and Caroline's not great with travelling, and she was just thinking, dear Lord, get me off this thing, please now. And the wind and the waves were belting down on this boat. And they were coming over. And the disciples were frightened. But I want to say there were three things that they did that were so helpful. First of all, if you want to defeat the fear in your life, let's just use what these disciples did. Because although they were frightened, they did some real smart moves. And it is as simple as this in your fears. It is as simple as this. Number one, seek out Jesus. Seek out Jesus. It says in verse 25, the disciples went and woke Jesus up. Basically what they were doing, they were seeking out Jesus. They were acknowledging that they needed Jesus. Jesus could sort this out. He really could. So we're going to seek Jesus. Why do you keep trying to work out your fears on your own? Help me this morning. Why do you keep trying to sort your life out and sort your situation out and sort your business out and sort your family out and sort your grandkids out? Because God says, I'm here. I'm not asleep. I want to come and help you. Just invite me into your situation. Now, I understand there are people who've been doing that. And there have been people who have been doing that for many weeks, months, even years. And we've heard a prophetic word this morning to keep going and keep trusting God. But the issue is sometimes we try and work it out ourselves. Or am I the only one here who would acknowledge that? We try and work it out. God says, seek me out. So seek out Jesus. The disciples went and woke him. Number two, ask him to take charge. See, I think some people actually seek him out and they say, go on, God help us. And then immediately they pull back the control and, you know, we're going to do this. But we see here in verse 25, what did they say? Lord, save us. Lord, save us. Ask him to take charge of your fears. Ask him to take charge of your life. We've already acknowledged that there are many fears that can surround us. There's only one who can help us. In our fears. And he wants to take charge of our lives. I honestly believe there are people who have been 
around the life of this church for some time, maybe even years, but you've never come to the point where you've actually asked Jesus to take charge of your life. You've sought him out. You know him a little, but he wants to take charge. He wants to control your boat. He wants to calm the storms in your life. And even in the midst of the the storms, he wants you to know that he's there in your boat. Are you hearing me? We need to seek him out and ask him to take charge. And thirdly, and this is powerful, let his words bring calm to your fears. Let his words bring calm to your fears. Why do I say that? Well, you saw the progression. They actually went and woke Jesus up. They sought him out. They then asked him to take charge, Lord, save us. But then what did Jesus do? He got up and he rebuked the wind, the winds and the waves. Now, I don't think he rebuked just like this. <laughs> Quietly. Now, some of us know, if you've had mothers and fathers, particularly mothers, you're good at this. Moms don't even need to say anything, do they? It's like... Husbands, have you got wives like that? You just, I'm not being, you just, no. You have been well and truly rebuked. Now, I don't think Jesus was doing this to the wind and the waves. doesn't say what he says, but probably something like, calm, in my name, because I'm Jesus. He rebuked the wind and the waves. You see, I've realized in my life that actually my words are worth nothing. His words are worth everything. Just one word from Jesus, just one word from Jesus is enough. Let his words bring calm to your fears. You might be reading all kind of self-help books around all this kind of stuff. I want to say one word from Jesus is all you need. Let his words bring calm to your fears. Why do we encourage Arena Church to read the Bible? Because it's God's word to us. It's God's words to us. And there's power in his words. Why do we keep, we did all the devotional and all the, you know, the different Bible readings. Why do we do that? To encourage you to get a hold of God's word. Because his words, his word can calm your fears. As I close, I just want to give you an illustration of that. There was a number of years ago, we were in absolute crisis. And uh, things were very, very difficult. And I remember coming home one, one evening and saying to Caroline, I really don't know what we're going to do. I really don't know what we're going to do. And it just so happened, we're very careful with the, with the children, what they hear and what they don't hear. But Annie had obviously heard, and she was only probably nine at the time. And she'd heard that I was, she could tell, I was probably as white as a sheet and very perplexed, very emotional, wondering what we were going to do. And uh, I remember it was a beautiful summer's day, which was a bit unusual for us, but I think it was about half eight, quarter to nine. I just said, 
we, we, come on, we'll, guys, we're going to bed. And I remember lying there thinking, God, what are we going to do? Just full of fear, what was going to happen. And then he came into the room. And she said to me, she said to me and, 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 and Caroline, I've just been praying and I've just been reading. And I read this in my children's devotional Bible thing. And she says, I've got this for you. We was trying to find it this morning. Probably glad that I didn't because I probably would have broke down very emotional. She wrote me this letter. That basically I remember what it says is, Daddy, you do not need to worry. God has this all under control. She gave me a Bible verse. I tell you what, I was healed in an instant. His words, his words impacted my fears. It filled me with faith. Because she actually quoted from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Read it for yourself. It's sad that we just read it at funerals. What a wonderful promise of God. The words of God washing over me at that moment. And it absolutely took me and Caroline from fear into faith. In that moment we were in faith because we allowed the words to bring calm to our fears.